You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest showcase of modern audio theater. This week, it's episode 651. I am one of the hosts. My name is Jack Ward. Our other, far more enigmatic and interesting host is David Alt. Good morning, David. Hello there, and happy solstice for yesterday. Oh, yes. I forgot that it was solstice this weekend until it happened. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I had to appreciate the sun in all its glory. Indeed, (laughs) because, of course, now the nights are going to be drawing in. Yes. Uh, (laughs) It's amazing how quickly that happens. You just, like, you build and build and build, then you forget about it because everything's so sunny, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, (laughs) it's time for that to go away. (laughs) Darkness is coming into my life again. (laughs) Just creeping in slow. I'm sure we've got another good couple of months with uh, some nice hot balmy sunshine and the Sonic Summerstock Theatre. Of course, that's true. But so as the sun gets shorter, so do our intros. <laughs> as we begin to end our amazing season 15. Did you like that? Yeah, that's very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> this time we have two features from The Temp brought to us by Michael Wilhelm. Love Language and Temp Games. And they both begin right here on the Sonic Society. Bernie Felger, a man of modest means, steps up onto the porch of an elegant house. He finds the size of the porch alone intimidating. Look at the size of this porch. It's, well, it's intimidating. It should have its own address. Okay, now, here's the $64,000 question. Which one of these is the actual front door? Okay, Bernie, old buddy. Is it door number one, door number two, door number three, or door number... Oh, what the heck, I'll just do them all. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's impressive. One of the doors opens, and a stately woman with an educated expression greets him. Yes, may I help you? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you. I don't understand. Are you a salesman? Because we have signs posted. This man is no salesman. No, I'm no salesman, honest. You called for me. This seeming drifter, the supposed stranger on her porch, is in reality a temp. I'm your temp. This is his story. The Temp. A Double M production, starring Michael Wilhelm as the temp, also starring Lorraine Knox as his wife, featuring Larry Bauer, Dennis Nichols, and Lauren Nichols. Today's episode, Love Language. Oh, come in. I must say, you look kind of familiar. You do too. I'm Amy Porridge. I'm Bernie Felger. Bernie. Bernard, oh my goodness. Have we met? We sure have. You gave me a friendship ring when we were in seventh grade. Amy Bolin? That's you? It's me, all right. Wow. I mean, I mean, wow. You have certainly done well for yourself. And you, you look great. Yeah, well, my voice changed. I see that. 
You used to do all those crazy voices. I, I still do. Really? You, well, of course, I, I do different ones nowadays, you know, since the, uh, the, the change and all. I can't do Mickey Mouse anymore. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, but it sounds more like a neutered munchkin, really. So <laughs> I, I, I just don't do it. That's probably for the best. Come on, I'll take you up to the office and get you set up. I have never worked out of somebody's house before. It's just a short-term assignment, two, possibly three weeks. It will be general filing and organizing. Well, I can handle that. Peter and I are both writers and editors. We do a lot of researching, which involves mounds of paperwork. This is our office, be it ever so humble. It looks more like a studio than an office. Lots of open space. Carpeted with papers, magazines, and books. That's what you're going to rearrange for us. Oh, okay. Welcome to our chaotic domain. This is Peter, my boorish consort. Who is this rapscallion you've dragged in? He is no such thing. This is Bernie, an intimate acquaintance. Hi. You taunt me with this impish paramour. My courtship with him was but a fleeting childhood ardor. An acquaintance of some years distant, yet his visage manifests an awkward attachment still. He is also our compensated labor. He's the temp? Yep. Oh. Hi. He's not very verbose. His lack of loquacity is the reason we parted ways. I see. <laughs> well, I have to vermoose. Don't let me impede your excursion. See you later. Kiss, kiss. Back at you. What was that all about? It's a little game we play. That, that, that's quite a game. He fancies himself to be the master wordsmith of all time, and it is my continual duty to demonstrate to him that he's not. You both must be killer at Scrabble. It can be very intense. We've actually never been able to finish a game. I see. So what about you, Bernie? Tell me about yourself. Not, not much to tell, really. Bernie, it's been over 20 years. You have certainly been doing something with yourself. Oh, yeah, but it's just... Are you married? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm married. Yeah, we have a daughter in college. How long have you been married? Uh, 23 years. Oh, what's her name? Penelope. Is she your first wife? The one and only. Wow. Well, that's something you don't see too often. Well, after all this time, we're kind of like welded together. Peter is my third. Yeah, third time's the charm. Well, it's worked out well so far. What's your daughter's name? Menorah. You named your daughter after a candlestick holder. I thought it was a beautiful sounding word, so we used it for her name. Well, latrine is a pretty sounding word, too, but I don't think I would name my daughter that. Well, turns out she is the light of my life, so it fits. <laughs> I forgot how creatively you saw things. I'm glad you didn't lose that quality. Well, you've, you've certainly done well for yourself. This is an immense home. Ah, I've been lucky. Let me show you what I need you to start on. Here, you dry. Okay. So how's your new assignment going? Good. Fine. It's, it's going good fine. So what is it? Where do they have you working this time? <laughs> funny, funny thing about that, um, I'm working for a girl I used to date. You used to date? Relax, we only went steady for three months. You went steady? I got her a ring and everything. Careful there, you dropped a plate. Never mind that. How come I'm just now hearing about this? It was a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. What's her name? Amy Porridge. Amy Porridge? Amy 
Porridge. That sounds familiar. Her name was Amy Bolin when I knew her. So she's married? Yeah. Yeah, I was working for them both, actually. Um, Some general cleanup organization, that sort of thing. Are they happily married? Well, it's hard to tell. Do they fight? I'm not sure. You can't tell if they're fighting? Do they use insults or sarcasm? Well, see, that's just it. They use such big words that I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> like what? Well, okay. She called him her consort. Oh, oh, and, and he called me a rapscallion. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> no, not so much. Oh. What kind of work do they do? They're writers and editors. Amy Porridge, of course. I have a couple of her books in my classroom. And you dated this woman? Well, she was only 12. I was in junior high. The real kicker is that they're loaded. What do you mean? You should see their house. Our complete place would fit on their front porch. And they have, they have four front doors. I mean, it's amazing. Wow. So I'm standing in this house, this, this magnificent estate, and she asked me to tell her about myself. I couldn't think of anything. At that moment, my whole life seemed to be so trivial. I, I mean, I dated this girl in high school, and now here she is, and here I am. Your life is not trivial. Menorah and I will attest to that. Well, I, I don't even have a job. Of course you do. You're a freelancer. You could have told her about our family. Well, she did coax that out of me. So that's why you've been so quiet tonight. It just made me think that somewhere down the line I just settled. You have a loving home with me and a daughter who adores you. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't the dream. I mean, you have to understand, honey, every man has his own private dream for his life. And the truth is, very few men actually realize their dream. It's just sobering to realize that I'm not one of those men. What dream? Oh, uh, you wouldn't get it. Try me. Well, I've always wanted to, to get a van and drive around the country solving mysteries. That's your dream? It's a simple thing, <laughs> but it's mine. I see. Well, maybe after you retire, we can buy a van and travel around. Retire from what? You have to have a regular job in order to retire from it. Don't be so censorious of yourself. Watch it, honey. You're starting to sound like them. Peter, where would you like me to file these travel magazines? Start a new file marked uh, published works. You wrote for this magazine? In every issue since 1997. That's impressive. You must travel a lot. I get around... I would probably do more if it wasn't for my bucolic wife. Is she sick? It means she's a country girl. She is averse to traveling outside the realm of her rural hometown. I'm not bucolic. I'm very itinerant. Don't let him mislead you. I'm just always grateful when we get back home. She's abating the issue. That's not true. I'm diffusing your distended attitude. My propensity is explicit to my perception. Then it's your discernment that is erroneous. You esteem your own aptitude far too auspiciously. At least my expertise is not ostentatious and ingenuous. You besmirch my expertise. How can I but disclose what you have already demonstrated? You impudent contender. Primeval flunky. Injudicious. Irrational. Oh, okay, hold it now. Just Why don't you each just 
grab a dictionary or a thesaurus and pummel each other to death. <laughs> oh, I don't think that would be very... No, it's not what you think. Just go back to your corners and, and take a time out. The man's right. Let us defuse this fracas. Armistice for the moment. Agreed. All right, then. Sorry we drew you into our little skirmish. We forget ourselves around illiterates. That's true, we do. <laughs> illiterates? What were we talking about? Ride our traveling excursions. How about you, Bernie? Do you travel much? Uh, uh, a little. What are your favorite destinations? Oh, um, we went to Elkhart once. <laughs> Elkhart. Indiana? Why? <laughs> well, to visit the Hall of Heroes, the world's only superhero museum. Oh, it's really great. They have Adam West's Batman costume from the 60s TV show, and, and Tony Stark's smashed car from the Iron Man movie, and, and Captain America's shield from the movie. And well, they have every toy and trinket that you could think of, and, and a comic book collection that is mind-blowing. I, I could spend a week there. Really? Have you ever been... Outside the U.S.? No, I haven't. Oh, but why not? I heard the food was bad. Not in Thailand. Thai cuisine is the best I have tasted. The Tom Yum soup is amazing. Sounds Tom Yummy. It is, and it has many medicinal properties as well. It tastes good and is good. Hey, I've got an idea. Do you and your wife, what's her name? Penelope. Yes, that's right. Do you two have plans Saturday evening? Well, I'm not sure. I, I would need to check with her. She keeps track of everything. Well, why don't you come over here and we'll treat you to an authentic, organic Thai meal? Well, I can ask her, but I can't guarantee that we're free. Well, let me know as soon as you can so I can get our staff working on it. What, what staff? I mean, there's just the three of us here. Oh, this is our studio. We're the only ones allowed in here. I'll have our domestic staff put the supper together. I, yeah, okay, okay. All right, I, I can ask, but, you know, I can't make any promises. Hello, everyone. What a beautiful day this has been. As you can see, I'm wearing my bow tie. Hey, Penny, you're, you're a school teacher and all. Yes. Would you say that I was illiterate? Well, let's see. You can read and write, so I would have to say no. So, so you would consider me literate? I would say according to the truest definition of the word and the evidence that you are literally literate. Well, apparently my boss doesn't think so. They said you were illiterate? Well, in an indirect way. How indirect? Well, well, Peter, he said that they shouldn't behave the way that they do in front of illiterates. That's a rather generalized statement. Well, he said it in front of me and I was the only other person in the room. Did his wife stand up for you? No, she agreed with him. Ouch. So not only is she richer than me, she's smarter than me, too. But she's not necessarily smarter, but probably just well-versed in her chosen field of interest. You could probably outshine them both if you got them on the subjects of comic books, or science fiction, and vintage cartoons. Yeah, maybe. Those seem like pretty trivial topics, though. <laughs> to them, maybe. But to me, that's what makes you special. Well, I guess they don't. Know me the way you do. Give me five minutes and I could tell her about you. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that. Um, you just might get the chance. Oh? Yeah. Um, she's invited us to dinner at their house Saturday evening for a genuine Thai dinner 
served by their household staff. Really? Yeah, I, I told her we, that I would have to ask you and that we probably had something else planned, and we do, don't we? No, we don't. I was afraid you were going to say that. I would love a chance to meet this woman and show her just what she lost when she let you get away. I was afraid you were going to say that, too. <laughs> How many times do I have to say it? I am so sorry, honey. Honestly, you've got to believe me. I would never do anything that would endanger your job. You know that. Please say something. Judging from the look on your face, it's probably best you don't. You know, Amy is as much at fault as I am. Yes, she's your boss and all, but she and her husband, they're a piece of work. Now, you have to admit that. They seemed nice enough when we got there, but they just had this way about them. Bernie, wait up! I'm sorry, honey. Where are you? Over here, honey. This whole thing is the porch? Yeah. It looks like a parking garage for rocking chairs. Yeah, I'm saying. There must be over a hundred porch lights in this place. That's for sure. Oh, that's a pretty chandelier. Yeah! That's, uh, that's the bug zapper. Mm. Now, normally I go to door number three, but tonight I get to go to door number two. Are you sure you're ready for this? Well, yeah, we're here. It's too late now. How'd you do? You must be the Felgers. Yes, we are. And, uh, and you are? I am Jiggers, sir. That's your real name? That's my given name, sir. Who gave you a name like that? Bernie! My father, sir. Please come in. The Fergus have arrived, ma'am. Thank you, Jiggers. Very good, ma'am. I'll go check on the dinner. Excellent. You must be the girl who stole him away from me. Actually, I think she dumped me. Hi, I'm Penelope. I'm Amy. This is my husband, Peter. How do you do? Hi. Uh, can I fix you something to drink? Uh, wine, liqueur? I even have some beer, if you like. Water would be fine. I have sparkling mineral water. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, me too. All right, coming up. Here we are, to old acquaintances and new friends. Here, here. Cheers. Yeah. This is an amazing house. Isn't it, though? I don't like to brag, but... Oh, don't let her fool you. She is the personification of embellishment. Now, sweetheart, we agreed these are common readers. We need to communicate plainly. Plainly? <laughs> it's a little game we play. I heard about it. The supper is served in the dining room. Very good, Jiggers. Come along, bring your drinks. She was condescending. You have to admit that. But I bit my tongue. I gave her the benefit of the doubt. Now you have to admit that, too. Well, dinner went fine. Here we are now. This is your dining room? Look at that table, will you? That's enormous. Jiggers, would you show Mrs. Felger to her seat? Yes, ma'am. 
This way, please. Bernie, you sit over there. Well, that's clear across the table from Penny. At a proper dinner party, the husband is to sit across from his wife. Well, that must be a quarter of a mile across. <laughs> well, not quite that far. Here, honey, may I escort you to your chair? Thanks, Peter. You're such a gentleman. Yes, my dear. Kiss, kiss. Back at you. Now you go to your seat. Isn't this cozy? That's uh, not the word I'd use. What did you say, Bernie? Uh, I said yes, it is. What do you think about this, sweetie? Cozy. What? You're going to have to talk louder. I said yes. Uh, very cozy. We had it custom made. From who? Paul Bunyan? <laughs> oh, Jiggers. Yes? We are ready for the appetizer. Very good. Bernie here tells us you are a school teacher. Yes, I am. Uh, I teach fifth and sixth graders. We even have several of your books in our classroom, Amy. Imagine that. I've received two Peabody Awards for my writing, but my greatest reward is seeing that my books are read to the hordes of little minds. No, the children read them all by themselves. It's not as if they're very difficult to read. Who could that be? What? Excuse me a moment. What do you want? Hi, honey, it's me. I know. <laughs> I read your name. Put me on speakerphone. I'll call the other two and we can, we can talk this way. It'll be easier on our throats. <laughs> yes? Hello? Um, hi, it's me, gang. Um, put me on your speakerphones and I'll link us up on a group call. There, how's that? Perfect. Yeah, this is better. Very clever. Thank you. This centerpiece is unusual. It is. It's my own design. I've never seen a centerpiece made out of a full-grown tree before. It's a bitterberry. A prunus virginiana. Yes, honey. In the late spring, it's filled with white blossoms. You mean it's still alive? Yes. It grows through the table and into the ground under the house. Wow. The blossom petals and the leaves they must fall into your food, don't they? <laughs> It gives your salad quite a kick. <laughs> but I must admit, having them floating atop your soup is very artistically pleasing. It brings symmetry to your meal. I suppose. It does make it hard to see the person across from you. But it also eliminates the problem of misinterpreting the expression on each other's faces, yes? Soup's on! Thank you, Jiggers. This is traditional Tom Yum soup with a mix of shrimp, lemongrass, lime, and coconut milk. Oh, my. It looks kind of leafy. Are you sure your tree isn't shedding? Go ahead, try it. Mm. Well, it's, it's different. Interesting. You see, Peter, Thai food can win over the most primitive of palates. It was a good meal, I, I have to admit. Noisy, but good. I think I could get used to Thai food. It, it would take a while. Did you like it? Uh, right, you're not talking. If I could undo anything, it would have been the after-dinner chat in the parlor. We should have just eaten and run. 
The upkeep with a place this size must be staggering. We have a full staff on the premises. They do most everything. That must cost a pretty penny. I've got it covered. You must be a very successful writer. Oh, well, I am successful, but not that successful. I have my second husband to thank for my fortune. Divorce settlement? No. Jerry was killed. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Ask her how he died. Oh, that, that's okay. We don't need to pry. Oh, it's okay. She loves to tell the story. Go ahead. How did he... Pirates. Pirates? Pirates. It's a long story. You don't have to talk about no, it. No, it's okay. We'd been married several years, and I could tell he was getting restless. Well, he gets this notice from an attorney's office that a distant relative had died, and he had inherited a castle down in Florida. I didn't know they had castles in Florida. So, he flew down to sign the papers and to see the place. Turns out it was all in ruins, but there were rumors of a hidden treasure. Treasure? Treasure. That did it. He came alive for the first time in a long time. I hadn't seen him this excited in years. He kept talking about his legacy and how he had always dreamed of this kind of adventure. So he stayed down there to try and find it. Well, from the look of this place, I assume he found it. Yes, he did. At a boy, Jerry. What? Now. Sorry. Unfortunately, <laughs> the pirates who had hidden it had also booby-trapped it. And Jerry was killed. Oh, no. No, it's all right. He died doing what he dreamed of. I'm happy for him. I understand that a man's dream is very important to him. It's all part of fulfilling his métier. His hubris, you mean. I think you meant to say bravura. Excuse me? The word hubris implies excessive arrogance, where in fact bravura is a better word. Oh, do enlighten me. Well, each man is driven to display his own uniqueness in a grand display, giving significance and meaning to his life. That's bravura. See, I teach English. I must have hit a nerve because the moment I said that, she jumped to her feet and told you that you had done enough and you needn't come back to work and then proceeded to shove us out the door. I had no idea that would get such a hostile reaction. You gotta believe me. I am so sorry. I'm sorry, honey. Did you say something? What? Yes, I've been pleading my case to you about tonight. I, I guess I wasn't paying attention. You weren't paying... I was thinking about what happened. I was explaining what happened. I, I think I figured it out. Really? It's the boobala effect. <laughs> the boobala effect? Remember on the Adams Family, whenever Morticia would call Gomez boobala, he would get wild and crazy. And frisky. Exactly. Those big words were their way of flirting. When you corrected her, you inadvertently stepped into their tete-a-tete. I didn't mean to. Well, you embarrassed her in front of her husband, and she had to save face somehow, so she threw us out. Sorry I cost you your job. Yeah, it was only a short-term assignment anyway. Freddie will get me a longer one next time. You can count on that. But you know... What? I felt a lot better after I heard how she got her wealth. I mean, I realized that she wasn't any better than me, just luckier. Luckier? She lost her husband for crying out loud. Yeah, well, that part wasn't good, obviously. And after hearing his tragic story, I think I need to rethink my dream. You mean traveling and solving mysteries? Yeah. 
we may not need to eliminate it altogether. Maybe just adjust it so it's less dangerous. Well, you, the fact is, we're not going to save up much money for traveling with me working as a temp. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love <laughs> with you, honey. Yes, yes, I know. Thank you, Ann Murray. Actually, thank Kenny Loggins. He wrote it. Nuh-uh. Hey, I know things. I'm not just some ignorant bourgeois peasant. I am a highly proficient school teacher. You know, with your amassed knowledge and my creative approach, we would make a great team. No mystery too baffling for the teacher and the temp. The language of love can be very academic at times. A word here, a phrase there, can build excitement in the most well-cultured heart. This romantic repartee is not unique to the halls of academia, however. This universal trope subjects everyone to its intoxicating effects, from the most judicious scholar to the most unpretentious temp. The Temp was written by Michael Wilhelm, engineered and produced by Scott Kump. In the cast, you heard Michael Wilhelm as Bernie, Lorraine Knox as Penelope, Dennis Nichols as Peter, Lauren Nichols as Amy, Larry Bauer as the narrator and the butler. Live sound effects performed by Ethan Plum, Callie Swanigan, and Josette Wilhelm. Original music by Scott Kump. This has been a Double M production in affiliation with All for One Productions in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Temp was recorded before a live audience. Hello, this is Michael Wilhelm, stepping out from behind a curtain, not to take a bow, but to ask a favor. If you enjoyed this episode of The Temp as much as we enjoyed performing it, would you do us a great favor and rate our show on whatever platform you happen to be listening to it on? Your rating will actually help us to move up the rankings of that particular platform, making us more visible to people who haven't discovered us yet. That would be a great help in getting the word out. Also, if you really want to do us a big favor, could you write a little review of what you thought? This might also help people encourage them to check us out, listen to the program, and have the fun that you've just discovered. Anyway, whatever effort that you do to promote the temp, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. The training room of Summit City Ceramics. The room is filled with an eclectic group of job seekers, 45 to be exact. One man rumbles into his cell phone. What is this, Freddy? It's a good opportunity for you. It's not an opportunity, it's a circus. He doesn't understand why he has been sent here. I don't understand why I've been sent here, Freddy. It's a long-term assignment. All you have to do is make the cut. Make the cut. Hey, it's just a friendly little competition. Competition? He didn't sign up for this. Freddy, I didn't sign up for this. None of us did, sweetheart. Freddy? Fred? Ah, He hung up. I'm sorry, what did you say? That's all right. I'm Gabby. Who are you? The man's name is Bernie Felger. I'm Bernie Felger. You work here? I don't know. I thought I was going to my assignment, but when I got here, I ran into this. Yeah, me too. Hey, either you two uh, know what's going on here? Our man hasn't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. He was told nothing before he got here. I was told nothing before I got here. I, I was instructed to show up here at 745. Me too. 
typical. They don't bother telling us the details. We're just not important enough to keep in the loop. But Bernie Felger has gotten used to this sort of thing. I guess I've just gotten used to this sort of thing. It's his lot in life, it seems. It's my lot in life, it seems. His is just to do and die. Mine is just to do and die. Well, I'm tired of being treated like a pawn, man, being shoved across the chessboard. You're not a pawn. It just feels that way. The truth is, they are much more than they believe they are. The truth is, you, me, all of us are much more than we believe we are. They are vital to the perpetuality of corporate America. We are vital to the perpetuality of corporate America. Perpetuality, is that even a word? They are all temps. We are all temps. This is their story. The Temp, a double M production starring Michael Wilhelm as The Temp, also starring Lorraine Knox as Penelope, and featuring Larry Bauer, Teresa Bauer, Nate Chen, Michelle King, Scott Kump, Stacey Custer, Jaden Moore, Megan Spieth, and Todd Stazak. Today's episode, Temp Games. What agency are you with? Sure, Temps. Never heard of him. What about you? Who are you with? People Power. I'm with People Power. Who's your contact there? Zane Dorfman. Zane, Zane Dorfman is my contact. Oh, I can't believe he would do this. Do what? Send two of his temps to compete for the same job. What's the matter? Can't handle a little competition, sister? <laughs> oh, you don't want to take me on and I'm not your sister. Oh, step back. I don't want to have to hurt you. Okay, everyone. My name is Sonia Tuffelman. I want to thank you all for coming. Now, on the table in front of you, there is a drug test kit. Please tear it open now. Now, take out the cotton swab and rub the cotton end on the inside of your cheek. Uh, you three may leave. What? Why? You three put the swab up your nose. So what? You still get a sample for the drug test. And you, sir, put it in your ear. You may leave as well. Isn't that kind of harsh? Not at all. They did not follow directions. I won't work with anyone who will not follow directions. Thank you for coming. Whoa! Put the swabs in the plastic vial of liquid and swish it around. All right, has anyone's liquid turned red? I did. You may leave. What does it mean if it turns blue? You're pregnant. Did everyone else's fluid stay clear? Yeah. Very good. Now, everyone, turn to the computer in front of you, and you will see a typing test set up on the screen. Please enter your name and temp number. Test? Why, why are we being tested? We're temps. I mean, we took our test at our prospective agent's office. That's how we got qualified for our assignments. This is a special temp job. It's a long-term assignment for several years. You mean temp to hire? No, it's a long-term temp Assignment. Well, I'm out, Danny. Me too. I'm out of here. This keeps up. You're not going to have anyone left. I only have seven positions and 45 applicants. I've got to whittle it down. The rest of you, turn to your computers and begin typing when I blow the whistle. <whistles> Honey, is that you? Sweetheart? Bernie? Oh, Bernie, what ha- Why are you all- It's an initiation. Why is your tie around your head? It's a sweatband. And you have 
What is that? White out and magic marker on your face? War paint. War paint. What kind of job are you on? None yet. You're not on an assignment? Well, not yet. I, I have to prove myself worthy. Prove yourself worthy? I must hone all of my wits and cunning to crushing the enemy. Are they paying you for this? Well, I'm not working yet. I need to complete the initiation. Here, sit down. Let me see if I can get that stuff off your face. Take that tie off your head. Oh, oh, okay. Now, tell me what went on at work today and why you're not getting paid yet. Well, I thought it was pretty silly myself. So it's not just me. But then I started to really get into it. I, I was driven to challenge myself to see how strong I could be. <laughs> well, sweetheart, anyone can be brave wearing whiteout and marker on their face. <laughs> you laugh, but you know not what I am made of. Uh-huh. Why don't you start from the beginning? Ow, 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 not so hard. I'm sorry, it's not coming off. What kind of marker is this? Well, it's dry marker. It should come right off. I don't think it is. This is permanent ink. The Doss tribe. This is their doing. The weasels. Just tell me what went on. All right, all right. Well, they had us do a few preliminary tests to weed out the weak ones, you know. Uh, typing relays, math aptitude contests, that sort of thing. Strangely enough, I made the cut. I honestly didn't realize I had it in me. The mouse that roared. See, there are only seven positions available and 45 people applied. Are these permanent positions with the company? No, no, they're, they're permanent temp positions. You do realize that's an oxymoron, don't you? Well, anyway, we got back from lunch and they divided us into tribes. Tribes? Yeah. We were the pituitary tribe. Pituitary tribe. The pituitary is the master gland of the body, you know. <laughs> so I've heard. So then we had to outsmart the other tribes in order to fill the position. It got pretty intense. So who won? Well, no one yet. We, we go into day two tomorrow. Good morning, tribes. Today we are going to start off dealing with office etiquette. This mannequin represents a fellow worker in your department. I need a volunteer from each tribe to come forward. Go on, you're our leader. Oh no, may I remind you the leaders always stay back. But the leaders who volunteer are an inspiration to all. Go on, inspire me. What about either one of you? That's why we voted you as leader. Traitors. Hey, you, you there. What about you? <laughs> Don't just shake your head and mumble. Speak up, man. <laughs> Face it, you're it, Ace. Here, Sonia, Mr. Felger is our volunteer. Great, now get over here. What, but I, I'll get you for this. Now, each one of you are going to approach this fellow worker in order to get them to finalize the report you need to get done. You are each allotted three strikes. We'll start with Corey. What's its name? Pat Peterson. Hey, Pat, you wanna do me a favor? Strike one. You were too familiar with your approach. Plus, you touched him. No physical contact is permitted. Excuse me, Pat. I need some help. Strike two. You're not using proper business etiquette. Pat, do you have a moment? Strike three. You're out. You didn't use any title to address him. Next tribe. Here, I'll go. All right, go. Uh, Mr. Peterson, may I speak with you a moment? 
Strike one, you didn't use the correct title in addressing him. Excuse me, Miss Peterson, if I could have a word. Strike two, this is not a gender issue, it's a title issue. It's not what? Oh, okay, okay. Excuse me, fellow worker who sits in the cubicle next to mine. I know that you are busy tabulating cost percentages for the fiscal year, but could you spare some time to- Strike three, you're out. What was wrong with that? You used too long of a title. Next, tribe. That's the dumbest thing. Go ahead, Bernie. Uh, look, I need some help. Uh, can I count on you? That's really an annoying whistle. Strike one, you didn't follow any business protocol at all. You know what? Forget it. I, I don't need their help. I'll do the job myself. Now what? That was the correct answer. Never pass your responsibility onto others. That's a win for the Pituitary Tribe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, we're the master gland. Now, you may banish one member of each opposing tribe. Banish? Send them home. What, like, like tell them to get lost? Yes. Oh, uh, help me out here, gang. Um, all right, how about the two people you beat out? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I picked the two people that I beat. Okay, you are dismissed. I'm going straight to the State Employment Board. I'm reporting this nuthouse. You. Huh? Me? I never forget a face, and I will certainly remember yours. Uh, uh I'm, I'm flattered. <laughs> All right, people, listen up. Each tribe will need to have someone climb up their rope and reach the platform above. They will need to get a box of ink cartridges from the platform and bring it back to your tribe. The tribe will then need to insert the cartridges into their printer and print off the company newsletter. All right, the first tribe to achieve this will be given the opportunity to banish one person from each opposing tribe. On your marks, get set. Okay, Gabby, you go on. Oh, you are not getting me up there. I am terrified of heights. Max? Uh, not me. I have this weird skin condition. I am excessively oily. I can't grip anything, and when I'm stressed, it's even worse. Like right now, look at my balls. Oh, look. Lord, that's so gross. Hey, hey, Mumbles, what do you say? Now's your time to shine. What about Let's you? take that as a no. What about you? Me? I just went. It's someone else's turn. You're the leader. You can go as often as you want. I've already gone as often as I care to, thank you. I, it's a chance to show off. I don't need to show off. Besides, I can't do it. Why not? Well, for one thing, I have no upper body strength. I can barely do five push-ups. I'll only get about two feet up and I'll just drop off. You wrap the rope around your foot and use it to hoist yourself up. You speak as though I had some form of coordination. You don't? No, I don't. I once was sent to the hospital for getting entangled with a garden hose. Well, we better do something. One of the other tribes have their ink already. <laughs> we ain't gonna beat them, honey. No, no, wait. Their computer went offline. They need to reboot. That gives us time. Yeah, well, that other tribe is at the top. She almost has the box of ink. Quick, quick, quick. Give me that stapler. Here, why? This is why. <laughs> you threw that stapler and knocked the ink box right out of her hand, man. Grab it, grab it. That was incredible. High school girls softball champions, three years running. That is great. Max, get the document set up on the computer while I insert the ink. Okay, 
the pituitary tribe is once again the winner. <laughs> Let the banishment begin. Sweet. Oh, okay, Gabby, you do it this time. Okay, we banish him. <laughs> you don't know who you're messing with. And her. No, no, please, I must feed my babies. Babies? She has babies? Be strong, baby girl. But they're babies with no food. We can't send her out with no job. <laughs> but babies. <laughs> Get a grip. You're supposed to be leading us to victory. You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. Now we move on to the coffee derby. Coffee derby? Each team, line up beside a coffee maker. Your goal is to make coffee, load up your cart, and take it around to all the offices throughout the building, delivering fresh brewed coffee to as many people as possible. The tribe that delivers the most coffee may banish members of the other tribe. All right, all right now, Max, you take you and you. Uh, you play offense, stop the other tribes from getting ahead. Uh, head them off at the pass. Gabby, you take, uh, you take the defense. Okay. You go two uh, with her and, uh, and protect the rest of us. Okay. Keep them out of our way. And I'm going to take mumbles okay. and we'll brew the coffee and we'll make the deliveries, okay? On three. One, two, go Ouch. Sorry, sweetie, but your your back is all black and blue. I've got to work this savin so it'll ease the pain. Oh, my. Uh, does this hurt? Yeah! The back of your neck is all bruised, and there's blistering all around it. That's where I got hit with a flying cup of coffee. Flying cup? What happened? Well, we were doing the coffee derby. The coffee derby? Yeah, I know it sounds simple. No, it actually doesn't sound simple. Well, we were supposed to take our coffee carts and deliver coffee to the whole building. Okay. Yeah, but it turned dark roast right away. I mean, there was screaming and fighting and flying coffee. And... Well, anyway, I got a cup of scalding hot coffee thrown at me. That had to hurt. Well, the two other tribes got both of their carts on the same elevator, and by the time they got to their floor, they totally destroyed each other. How awful. Yeah, it was a service elevator with the walls padded, but it was completely trashed. I mean, they actually had to bring a hazmat team in and, and clean up the debris. Well, it's only coffee. How hazardous can it be? In the wrong hands. It can be deadly. I don't believe this. What kind of a job is this where people paint their faces, throw coffee, and, and beat each other up for it? It's day shift. Oh. But what is the job? Do you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, they've said nothing directly about the kind of work it is. Do you know how much it pays? No. Then you're wasting your time. Oh, not at all. It's been cathartic. Cathartic? That's right. I mean, because, you know, this week I have learned that I am a lot tougher than I thought. Oh, that's a little sore there. Sorry. And, and, and you know what? I have great leadership qualities. Uh-huh. Really, I do. I mean, it's been recessive, I'll admit, but uh, truth be told, I, I can assert myself when the situation calls for it. <laughs> this coming from the man who was thrown out of an aggression seminar. I wasn't thrown out. I quit. And why was that? Because they kept beating me up. They were trying to get you to defend yourself. Well, you'll be happy to know I can defend myself. I found my inner beast. 
Come on, pussycat. Let me get you a saucer of milk. Now cut it out, honey. You'd have been proud of me the way that I held my own, barked orders at my tribe, banished the dissenters. Banished the dissenters? Well, at first it was hard for me to banish anyone because I could see why they wanted or needed the position, but I learned to disassociate myself. Disassociate from what? From the needs of others. Oh, like compassion, benevolence, and kindness? None of which advances the cause. I need to focus strictly on the goal at hand. I, I had to make the tough decisions and lead my tribe to victory. So is it over now? Do you start getting paid? Tomorrow is Friday, day five, the ultimate challenge. Your little pituitary tribe is still in the running? Oh no, we dismantled the tribe system. Tomorrow, the purging begins. Everyone for themselves. There are nine remaining contestants and only seven positions. The two weakest will be permanently banished and the remaining seven will march on to victory and the security of a long-term assignment. There are other jobs out there. Yeah, I, I, I know, but this, this, this is a coming-of-age moment for me. <laughs> You're old enough. You don't need to come of age anymore. Well, tomorrow should show everyone what kind of stuff I'm truly made of. All right, so now there are eight of you left and seven positions open. We will now enter the last stage of the course to drum out the weakest among you. Well, shouldn't we take a moment of silence for our fallen comrade? He's only passed out. He's not dead. Yeah, but still. Is this a show of weakness? Well, I don't think so. I have great hopes for you, Felger. Don't let me down. No, 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 I won't. All right, everyone. Let's move on into the Roman arena. Come from? From the Renta people, people. Of course, how silly of me. Okay, this is your final trial. There are seven openings available and eight of you. In order for the positions to be filled, one of you needs to go. Go where? That is entirely up to you. In this forum, you will find supply cabinets, desks, and vertical files all stocked to the gills with every type of office implement, each of which can be used as some form of weaponry. Weaponry? Offensive or defensive? That depends on how badly you want the job. I want it! I want it! I want it! I want it! Excellent! my mighty mop handle. Oh, stop licking bush bins at me. I will deflect them with his desk, Eleanor, and as I shove this off and stare at you, bro, bang! It was a madhouse. Fighting and shouting and office supplies being recklessly abused. I don't believe it. Believe it, sweetheart, it was cutthroat. I accidentally stepped in a mop bucket and tripped onto the floor. I thought I was a goner. No, 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 I gotta, I gotta roll. You missed me. Now I'm gonna grab this computer mouse and throw it so that it wraps around your ankle and I'll pull it apart. 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, so who lost? Well, actually, we were interrupted. Yeah? What? Very well. I understand. What happened? Who lost? I'm afraid the competition is over. You what? may all go. What? What, what are you saying? The positions have been filled. Thank you for your time. Filled? By who? The ones who had it before. Wait, wait a minute. I I'm confused. Who got the jobs? The people who were fired from the company. I don't get it. Summit City Ceramics had fired eight of their regular employees and were going to replace them with temps because they were cheaper. Well, the Ceramic and Allied Trade Union filed suit against the company and told them to rehire the regulars and get rid of the temps. Wow. How did that go down? Not good. The temps rose up and became an angry mob. Sonia! 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 I jumped between Sonia and the crowd, and I used the most authoritative voice that I could come up with to stop them. People, 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 you gotta stop. This isn't the answer. You used Charlie the Tuna as a voice of authority? No, no, not Charlie the Tuna, Captain Kirk. That doesn't sound anything like Captain Kirk. Well, it certainly doesn't sound like Charlie the Tuna. Charlie the Tuna sounds like this. Hey there, stockist, I have good taste. That's not Charlie the Tuna, that's Yogi Bear. No, it's... Oh, yeah, it is. I guess I can't do Charlie the Tuna, which proves that I wasn't doing Charlie the Tuna. I was doing Captain Kirk. Well, anyway, what happened? Well, I, I told them, I know this isn't fair. Most things in life aren't fair. But you and I, we have to be better than our circumstances. Why are you talking funny? Yeah, what's the deal about that? Don't just listen to my voice. But hear me! Violence is never the answer. We must promote peace. We are but a small band of brothers and sisters. This is true. But we can change the world, starting right here, by choosing peace. You may leave your security badges at the front desk when you leave. <laughs> so, what happened? Well, they chased Sonia into the janitor's closet where she called security on her cell phone and had all of us thrown off the property. I don't blame them being so mad. I mean, they spent a whole week and didn't get paid for any of it. And then they never got the job they were promised. Yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. Yeah, but there's never an excuse for mob violence. I'll admit, I, I, I was scared, but I was defending someone else. Yeah, I found more courage in protecting Sonia than I did trying to win the battle. Captain Kirk would have been proud, honey. Really? You think so? He just wouldn't have appreciated your imitation of him. A job is only temporary. Humanity will go on and on. Okay, that's enough. You know something else I learned? What's that? There really is a dark side to being a temp. Human beings as a whole are a motley bunch full of flawed character traits that can show up in anything they do. Every situation presents them with dozens of choices that can heal or hurt, create or destroy. It is determined by the nature of each individual person which they will choose. This is an undeniable quality 
found in everyone from the highest executive to the most humble temp. The Temp was written by Michael Wilhelm, directed by Lorraine Knox, engineered and produced by Scott Kump. In the cast, you heard Michael Wilhelm as Bernie, Larry Bauer as the narrator, Scott Kump as the announcer, and Frederick, Michelle King as Gabby, Jaden Moore as Max, Stacy Custer as Sonia, Todd Stazak as Ted and Mumbles, Nate Chen as Biff and Brandon, Teresa Bauer as Corey, Megan Spieth as various mothers, and Lorray Knox as Penelope. Live sound effects performed by Ethan Plum, Callie Swanigan, and Josette Wilhelm. This has been a Double M production in affiliation with All for One Productions in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The temp was recorded before a live audience. Hello, this is Michael Wilhelm, stepping out from behind a curtain, not to take a bow, but to ask a favor. If you enjoyed this episode of The Temp as much as we enjoyed performing it, would you do us a great favor and rate our show on whatever platform you happen to be listening to it on? Your rating will actually help us to move up the rankings of that particular platform, making us more visible to people who haven't discovered us yet. That would be a great help in getting the word out. Also, if you really want to do us a big favor, could you write a little review of what you thought? This might also help people encourage them to check us out, listen to the program, and have the fun that you've just discovered. Anyway, whatever effort that you do to promote the temp, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. And that's the show this Sunday and this week. Please check out the show notes for more from The Temp at our website at sonicsociety.org. Continue the socially distant conversations through Twitter at AstroTour2010 or at Sonic Society or at the Facebook groups, either Audio Drama Radio Drama Lovers, Sonic Society or Mutual Audio Network fans. Until we're back with you next week for our final episode of Season 15, Aww. please take care of yourselves. I know. I'm David Alt. <laughs> I'm Jack Ward. <laughs> See you next Sunday, folks. Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.